All right. Welcome back to the Jackson and Kellen podcast. We have just started our own podcast. We always have a ton of stuff to talk about, but we never talk about it over on a microphone. So here we are. Yeah, just kind of getting our thoughts out, talking about stuff that usually don't talk about. It's great. Yeah. It's a platform right. to get our talk talking out on. We have a pretty cool soundboard setup thing yeah. here to record our podcast. So we have two like regular stage mics plugged into this like it's an older Oh, uh, it's only a couple of years old actually. Okay, it's this little soundboard. It's not like anything you're gonna yeah, see it's professionally. Not, it's not super expensive. But it's a nice soundboard. And yeah. then we have it outputting to just an iMac and then on the iMac we're just running GarageBand and inside of GarageBand we have uh just an audio line recording. But the cool thing about that is we can do auto tune. Jackson, should we do the auto tune right now or later? Maybe later. Okay. Maybe later. Yeah, it's about a hundred and fifty dollar soundboard we record on too. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty good price. I mean, it's, it's decent. Expensive. It's not it's a pretty good soundboard for 150 bucks. That's not a, it sounds like a lot of money, but that's not a lot of money in the in the professional world. Yeah, in the I professional world. There's a lot of like different worlds. If you go into like stage sound or stage lighting, it gets crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy expensive. The, you'll you know like the m- little moving lights yeah, those on stages? Are, like five thousand yeah. dollars per light. Yeah, like when that's you go like to more concerts. than our entire setup. Like I know twice as much. And then I I don't know. Like soundboards are they get really expensive. Yeah. Thousands, seventy thousand dollars for yeah, soundboards. Yeah, that's a lot. Microphones get expensive. Everything's expensive yeah. in the pro world. Yeah. Well, right now we're just literally talking onto two Radio Shack stage mics. Yeah. Wired. And honestly, we, ju- we're we using uh, wireless Shure PGX2s. And with a little adjusting, these sound basically the same. Yeah. Except we don't waste 9-volt batteries now. We're saving the environment, guys. Thanks. Yep. It's great. Yeah, wired mics are cool, but they're, they're you should only use them when they're necessary. Because, like, if you're sitting you right next wireless to wireless mics? Yeah. Because, like, you don't need to mm-hmm. be wireless yeah. when you're right next to what you would be plugging it into. Yeah, like, I'm just sitting here with the microphone with the cord running down an arm, and that just runs straight into the soundboard versus having... It, it would be two feet away yeah, from the receiver. Yeah, having the microphone run into, a like, a input device thingy, like the sure input, where it... So the microphone goes to that, which just plugs in. So basically the same, except this you don't have to charge, less latency. It's just better. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. So with this soundboard setup that we have right now, we have been thinking about like a different setup for in the future. And it's also like able to be recorded songs and stuff on there. So first of all is... A soundboard. So Alan and Heath, it I've been hearing hearing a lot about recently. It's the QU sixteen, 
it's I'm pretty sure it's their least expensive uh soundboard thing on their lineup. I think it's one thousand seven hundred dollars. So it's not cheap. It's not like compared to our one hundred fifty dollars soundboard. That sounds like a lot of money. But Alan Heath's cheapest soundboard is more than ten times more expensive. Yeah, but when you're looking at it, it's crazy in perspective. This is pro level. Yeah. I mean, this a pro could use, but there's no real reason. Yeah, where a pro would use it. Mm-hmm. Uh. So the QU16 connects to computers for like a DAW DAW software to record music and stuff. Um, so I think the software that we would use is Logic Pro. Yeah, probably. I, Logic Pro X. It's like GarageBand, but like the better version, like the pro version. Basically, I mean, right now we're using that $150 soundboard into GarageBand. So we'd be using a way more expensive soundboard into to, a way more expensive and software. way nicer software. Way nicer. We're going I mean, from free software yeah. to two hundred dollars mm-hmm. software, and basically a free soundboard because we just found it. We didn't really buy it. Yeah, is in my garage. Nice. Free stuff's the best stuff. And GarageBand's like fine for basic stuff, but I've not been using GarageBand very long. And there's already like stuff that I feel like is really limiting on yeah. it. Logic it's, Pro X, it's unlimited. There's too much stuff, which yeah. is better because on like GarageBand, you're like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And there's no way to do that. But like Logic Pro X, there's so much stuff to do. It can, there's so much it can almost get too much. Like, yeah, it gets a little confusing. That's why it's easy to do GarageBand. First, yeah, and first. Then you can and then transition, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Logic Pro, one thing that I wish GarageBand had was vocal chops, so yeah. you can chop vocals up, put them in a keyboard, and play the keyboard. You see, like, a lot of DJs and producers using it, yeah. Uh, for example, Kygo and Martin Garrix both use it, like, in literally every single one of their songs, you hear like the v- vocals being like chopped up here. It's like the same. Like they just click a button and it goes like makes yeah, a note. Like I'd play a, a song, list. but I don't know how to set that up. But that you can difficult. just listen to any of their songs yeah. and like the main chorus, you just hear all the voices going like uh, uh, you know. Yeah, like basically they record someone saying that. You click a key and it just does that every time they press yeah, the key. Yeah, they just chop it all up yeah. and it's. I mean, you wouldn't really expect that from iMovie, but for or GarageBand. Yeah. Sorry, I'm iMovie and GarageBand are like the same basically thing, the same thing, stuff. but one's audio and one's video. Yeah, basically. Uh, I was also surprised on microphones. Like you yeah. can get a really good microphone for ninety dollars. Yeah. yeah, I noticed I, like shotgun mics. Like we both have the Rode Video Mic Go, and that's what pushing a hundred more than a hundred bucks. And you can get a nice condenser. A condenser microphone or, or a like dynamic a, or a dynamic microphone for what, like fifty to eighty dollars. Like you could get them for even less. Yeah, here. like the snowball looks like a good mic, the blue snowball. But I mean, you you want XLR mics, especially because we're on XLR mics right now, so it's not really that big of a transition. Yeah. So dynamic mic, USB ones, forty five dollars, thirty nine dollars. I mean. 
You can get them twenty two. Like Rode makes one, and it's only a hundred bucks. The Rode Pod Mic, which would be good for a podcast. I was also surprised. Uh, these microphones, like they have kind of a limit on price here. Like the Shure SM7B dynamic mic. You see this, like a lot of people use this. It's four hundred dollars. And it's like super common and like super professional setups with unlimited budgets. You would think there's like thousands of dollars microphones. There probably are, but yeah, I feel like there's a big gap too. Like I feel like you go from hundred dollar, little bit more mics to four hundred dollars. And I also feel like people kind of just push away the cheaper microphones, being like, "Oh, it's cheap. It's probably not very good," but. Because so many people you see in so many people's setups, them having the Shure SM7B, that's like a really popular microphone. But in what setup do you need a $400 microphone? Definitely not like streaming or a podcast. Yeah. Especially like a low budget podcast. I've No, I've seen a lot of podcasts use that. Mike. Yeah. Like lower, like not like huge podcasts also. Yeah. Uh, but... I know, like, even for voice recording and stuff, like, for songs, mm-hmm. people use that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And it is, it's a dynamic microphone, not a, not a condenser microphone. Yeah. All right. Let's move on talking about some, maybe, broadcast stuff. Yeah. Some Blackmagic Design. Blackmagic Design is crazy. They have some crazy software and crazy devices. They Hardware sell. and stuff. I feel like broadcast and like the soundboard stuff is really similar so yeah uh i think it's cool like you can record live video now on like the atem mini for 295 dollars so 300 dollars which would normally be like a 10,000 to 20,000 dollar thing and you can control like four cameras that's crazy yeah, I mean, it's just technology is just growing. And, like, the ATEM Mini Pro ISO is crazy. Like, yeah, that's cool. I don't think many people know about this. So, ISO recordings, it records the actual input of the camera. So, it records all the four streams because this one can hold four cameras. And it records all the inputs and then it saves them all to like a drive that you can have plugged in. And then you can have that drive. It automatically records it into the uh, DaVinci Resolve software. So it gives you the live event. So if you messed up on an edit or something when you click the button, you can readjust it after. I mean, obviously not for a live event, yeah. but if you're just recording it with that. Wait, so like the other ones, you have to live switch between the cameras, but this one you do it after? Yeah, so the other ones, it only has one mm-hmm. video recorded. This would be all four videos recorded. That's cool. The final video recorded, so five videos recorded, mm-hmm. and then a DaVinci Resolve file. That's crazy. Or, yeah. Yeah, so if you don't know, the other ones, like the ATEM Mini, the normal one, records there's four mic four cameras and then you just choose which one records and all the other ones do not record so if you wanted to like watch the video from another camera it's not there because you only have one camera but you can switch between those yeah you can switch between them but this one you can live switch and if you want to go back and you're like 
oh, that that angle caught something really good, you can go back and use that because they're all recorded. Yeah. I think that's, like, one of the coolest things ever. That's I'm pretty, pretty sure all the expensive ones, like, that's just a standard thing. Yeah. But now they brought it to a less expensive idea. All right. Let's talk about the 12K camera. That thing's crazy. So crazy. we're talking, we went from 4K, which still most screens aren't 4K. There's still, like, yeah. most screens, some screens are 4K, but most screens still aren't 4K. Then 8K came out, and it's like, no way, 8K is insane. Why, why would you need 8K? We're not even close to being there. And then now they made a 12K camera. And then if you can compare it to the red 8K cameras, you, they'll run you around $70,000. This one is $10,000 for the 12K Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro, which shoots 12K. Which is crazy because, like, the red cameras are just a body. This comes with a lens, a viewfinder, the body, everything for ten grand. when those can run you five, six, seven times as much. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, Jackson, let's talk about some DaVinci Resolve. Don't even get me started on DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci Resolve, if you don't know, is a software, an editing software, an editing software, color correction, fusion, everything software made by Blackmagic Design, which is is crazy because it works with all their cameras and technology really well. All right. So, this software, the Pro version, is $300. But for some reason, they made a free version that has, like, basically everything in it. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't get the Pro version unless you're, like, really pro and have a huge unless, budget. Unless you're doing a movie. Yeah, unless, unless you're, you're doing actually movie. doing, like, a Hollywood movie. Yeah. I don't think you need the and Pro version. I don't really think you'd be... I mean, would you... Re- Edit on DaVinci Resolve if you're making a Hollywood movie. I mean, what other options are there? True. It's the industry true. standard true. 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 in true. color. So let's true. talk about the color tab first. So at the bottom, there's a lot of different tabs. Color tab is probably the most loved. Everyone likes it. Uh, it's the Hollywood's most advanced color corrector. It says that on their website here. That's a bold claim. It's really bold. So, I mean... It's been the industry standard for a while. I've seen a lot of people where they actually edit on like Final Cut Pro or uh, Premiere Pro and import it into DaVinci Resolve just to color correct, then export it again and continue editing. Which, that doesn't even make sense. I don't understand why you'd get Final Cut Pro when you could just edit it on here and save what three hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. It's all in one. Yeah, it's all in one, and, and it's you don't free. To, you don't. It's free. You don't have to export it, import it, export it, import it. It's all one file. So cut, edit, fusion, color, Fairlight, and media tabs. So the cut tab is basically glorified iMovie. iMovie. Better iMovie. Yeah. So it's iMovie. It's really easy, simple. If you're vlogging and you need to edit it super quick. There you go. And you don't really, like, if you're doing daily, daily vlogs or something like that, or basically, you don't really need color correcting. Like, if you have, if you're outside and have it good, you don't really need color correcting. But if you want it to look more professional and better, you might want color correcting. Yeah. 
But the color tab and the cut tab and the edit tab, you can go into each one at any order, yeah. any time. Yeah. They all work together. So next up, we have the edit tab. That is for uh, just real edits. It's the full timeline for like everything. Like that's what you would use if mm-hmm. you're doing like a big production. Yeah. Uh, next up is the fusion tab. It's it's visual effects. Like it's crazy. We've made lightsaber fights and stuff where you have glowing lightsabers. It's crazy. And it's like awesome. iMovie, you like an intro would literally be like a background with type text on it. Like how good is that? But in DaVinci Resolve, you could have text in a box spinning yeah, on a 3D background. text. 3D text. Just crazy stuff like that. Or like have like your logo floating around the screen with your thing versus text on a background spot tracking you have everything crazy in for free built in in this it software. doesn't make sense you also have the fairlight tab which is sound production so if you really like i don't know sound sound if you're an audiophile i i really wouldn't say to use that for like your your music or something i feel like it's more for like movies yeah. just so they have something built in mm-hmm. like audio with video but like if i was just doing audio i wouldn't use davinci resolve yeah but so here's what i think is cool so if we compare davinci resolve to apple's all of their pro apps bundle okay each of these apps is 200 dollars versus versus the free free davinci resolve so that that would include uh, Final Cut Pro X, which is the same as the Edit tab. Logic Pro X, which is for sound, which you could use the Fairlight tab. But you really wouldn't use Logic Pro X with Final Cut Pro X. Yeah. Logic Pro X is just for like music. Stuff like this. Yeah. Music, mostly Podcast, music, but you, you could, could use it for podcasts. It's, it's not for video. Specifically audio. Then Motion 5, which is motion graphics and visual effects, which works with Final Cut Pro, but you could just use the Fusion tab built in yeah. to the 16-whatever, the DaVinci Resolve. And then they have a Compressor 4 and Main Stage 3 and stuff. All of it's built in to the Blackmagic design. So like, even if you get the $200 education bundle, whatever, for $200 for all five of those apps, it's still $200 more than uh, DaVinci Resolve. And DaVinci Resolve works so seamless, seamlessly with all of Blackmagic Design's technology, cameras, boards, mixers, everything. It's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. All right. Last thing we can talk about. We have to hurry here. The Sintel sk- scanner. I just want to laugh at it for a basically second. Basically the dumbest thing ever. It's basically if you want to record on film for some reason because you're 85 years old. And then translate it into digital. Digital. So with why wouldn't you just record on digital with like a $300 camera? Because that's basically the quality you're going to get. This is a $30,000 uh, scanner. Thirty. Th- so you spend, what, maybe less than a grand? On a cam, uh, film camera, and then spend thirty grand. It just doesn't make sense. All right, let's just end it on that. End it on that sadness. All right, guys, thanks for listening to our first podcast. Stay tuned for more. Hope you enjoyed. All right, bye. Bye.